The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez Omapepe on SAFM. Okay, Stian Hazen is keen, should it be a hunger government, to work with the ANC, but he has certain conditions. He says he will work with the president. He will certainly work not with the deputy president or the ANC's secretary general, Mr. Ace Mahashule. He believes there's a reformist movement or faction within the ANC with which he can work, given the fact that, in his view, that is, these people can work and build the country because they have potential for a realignment around the center of South African politics, the rational center of South African politics, which is where I think the DA should play. This is what Mr. Steenhuizen said. Of course, we know DA is now led by John Steenhuizen. I wouldn't be too much surprised if this is all the kind of political sloganeering that goes on in the build-up towards elections. We have entered in times before silly season and politicians say whatever is necessary to say for the purposes of getting the vote. Of course, the test is always in whether or not that manifesto is carried through beyond the vote. So it is a conversation worth having. I don't know what Mr. Maimane's thoughts on this would be because the DA has blamed him for the results at the national turnout of 2019 in the elections. He has since lost his position and he has since gone on his own way to start the movement called One South Africa. Nonetheless, Ms. Molefe is on the line. Good evening, Atlehang. Thanks for calling. I mean, thanks for joining us. Welcome to SFM again. Good evening, Songeza. Thank you so much for the invite. What do you think of the Sunday paper's headlines? We will work with Ramaphosa, not with DD, attributed to John Stienhuizen. Um, So I think it's very important to understand what it means because um, the assumption is that it is possible for a national coalition to exist in the South African context, especially when the interim leader of the DA spoke about it, that they are very excited and willing to work in a national coalition with the ANC if Ramaphosa is the president ahead of 2024. But the actual controversy there is to understand what a a national coalition looks like, especially in a context like South Africa, because it would mean that a party has to compromise its own ideologies, which is almost impossible in a country with competing needs, competing wants, and competing ideologies. So this is something that isn't necessarily going to be achievable. But assuming that it is possible and that the interim leader of the the DA's willingness to form a national coalition is possible with the ANC, I do think that cooperation between the two leading parties or the two um, competing parties would be interesting to see how it's going to play out in the South African context. Which is more, he has also said, whatever happens, despite it all and because of it all, I will not work with the current deputy president, nor will I work with the ANC secretary general. What do you think this does for the DA in relation to its relations with the ANC at large, and more importantly, possibly, what that statement alone might communicate to the anti-Ramaphosa faction within the ANC? I think we can all agree that there is a faction within the ruling party, which is the ANC, but allowing petty politics like that to um, to be intruded into the actual politics isn't something that should be entertained much, but it's definitely something that we can look into because it simply means that this person is already setting the conditions that I am willing to form to get into a national coalition, but on the basis that I work with this particular individual. I think it also highlights the faction within the party itself, meaning that it's not as 
like there isn't any sort of solidarity whatsoever in the leading party, which is the ANC, and the factions that are being formed within the ANC itself also influence the kind of um, engagement that they can get from competing political parties like the DA. And this is why, like, the interim leader of the DA can simply say that I'm willing to get into a cooperation, but also set specific standards to say that one, two, three things needs to happen before I can accept a coalition with the ruling party. All of that, of course, is speculative because we don't know how the vote is going to turn out either in the local elections now or in three years' time at the national elections. Let's just have a conversation now that it's not upon us and we can sort of be more sober-minded around coalition governance in this country. From what little we have seen between the ANC and the UDM in Port Elizabeth, UDM and the DA in Port Elizabeth as well, in Tswane and Johannesburg, the EFF and the DA, generally speaking, is this from what we have seen a viable option in South African politics where, notwithstanding the compromise on internal ideology, can we trust politicians for the greatest good of this country to work together even though there are those ideological differences? Um, I think it's impossible to ever imagine a world where these different political parties work together, especially in a coalition, because of what they need to compromise and what they stand to lose if they stand together and form a coalition. Let's just assume the best case scenario and say that the the coalition between two different parties is successful. I think that would have to understand what it means. Firstly, does it then mean that we're only going to follow the manifesto of one particular party? Does it mean that we have to dissolve all the manifestos that they have? to form one big, like maybe manifesto for both parties. So I think it's something that's very impossible, especially looking at the competing political ideologies in South Africa. The fact that it's politics and how what politics is, it's, it's not something that in, I think in theory we can say that a coalition is possible, but I think the execution is very, diffi- it's very difficult and different looking at how competing those political ideologies are. For example, a very... A party that's appealing to the white minority can, it's very impossible to have it form a coalition to a party that's trying to appeal to the majority of black people. So it simply means that they have competing needs and they're trying to, they have different objectives. And in the long run, a national coalition or coalition amongst those parties will not necessarily be successful. But assuming that a coalition happens between the UDM and the ANC, I think that they have a lot in common. But we can also say the same about the fact that a ruling party would then stifle the progression of a small party like the UDM. And this is why I think that with the little information that we have right now, we can't say for certain that a coalition is possible and that it's achievable and that we're able to get the best possible outcomes from having coalitions amongst competing political parties in South Africa. Your perspective so far on the conversation that we're having, the DA proposing that it is willing to get into a coalition with the ANC, quite revealing given the fact that for the longest time the DA, the last party it would have had a coalition with, is in fact the ANC. Perhaps President Ramaphosa is doing something. Perhaps there, because there's a new sheriff in town, as it were, in the DA's ranks, there's a shift in ideology, possibly even of thinking or even a realization of the reality of South African politics as they might stand. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, of course, are more than welcome. Johannesburg, 714-2006, on the line, independent political analyst, Ms. Atlehang Molefe. Let's talk about level one regulations, long time coming. 
But at the same time, for most people, this doesn't really offer too much of a change in how they were moving. I think South Africans, in my view anyway, have sort of gotten into the routine of not being as nocturnal as perhaps this time last year they might have been. Thoughts? Um, oh, are you done? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, okay. No, I just wanted to say that it's um, important to understand that with um, the restrictions being kind of like slowed down and allowing level one to take place. I think I'm very optimistic about it, but at the same time, I'm very scared of what it's going to look like because one, I think when we have level one, then it simply means that um, a lot of industries are going to be open, we can assume, and meaning that people can still be able to get some sort of employment, especially now that the restrictions are not as tight. However, I think the uh, the worst nightmare is actually seeing the cases increase every time when we try to um, like lessen the restrictions because of how individuals behave. I think it's very difficult to control how, how people behave, and especially because when we've been... Uh, going through like level five of lockdown, level four, level three, I think with the more we get to level one, then I think that's more individuals become very irrational because now they are trying to um, celebrate and they're trying to enjoy the benefits that come with level one. But I'm also trying to be optimistic and thinking that uh, with things getting better and with the country being able to overcome the second wave of um, the pandemic, then we can only hope for the best and the fact that things are definitely going to get better and individuals are able to self-control and be able to um, function in a way that it doesn't necessarily put us in the same position that we are that we've been trying so hard to overcome yeah but that assumes quite a few things that south africans will this time around be responsible Mm -hmm. will accept our reality the president did confirm despite all the relaxations around the regulations this strain is more deadly in the sense that it spreads that much quicker than the first strain would have and any indifference to it, much less negligence, would result in catastrophic consequences, all at a time, of course, where he's probably alive to the fact that South Africans are tired. They need the relaxations to come. So it's a bit of a catch-22. We've, give, we've been given more freedom in an environment that's probably more dangerous than what it was this time last year or even earlier. Um, I think it's important, yes, to note that um, the relaxation of the lockdown levels is means that there's an opportunity cost. So it's literally the president saying that um, we can relax and allow for people to still be able to, for many other things to happen. But in the same strain, then it's also very difficult because you can't control a huge population of people and you can't determine. Even if we have restrictions in place, we can't necessarily control how individuals are going to react or what is likely going to happen. But I do think that in the long run, if we think about the opportunity cost, and even though the strain is deadly as opposed to the first strain, I do feel like we are now very aware as a country, especially as the citizens, on how to keep a safe distance and how to make sure that we follow the correct measures to stop or to prevent the spread of this virus. And I also do feel like at the same time, because of it's straining the environment and it's straining many other different um, industries in the South African context, then I do feel like this is a risk that um, should be taken or I do feel like the opportunity cost between the two is uh, possible that and it is correct and it is justified then for the president to have to take a very difficult decision or stance of 
trying to relax um, the regulations. So I do think that it's, it's, it's both ways. We can't have it both. And I do feel like mm-hmm. it's very important for us to understand that even though the president is allowing for level one um, to exist, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are not anticipating the reaction of the public. And it also means that they are getting they, are, they, they have prepared themselves well enough to ensure that any sort of response from the public can be easily um, dealt with. So I, I don't think that we can easily say that we're in level one without the president or without the cabinet having um, necessary measures in place to ensure that they're able to respond mm-hmm. to every reaction of the public. 2020, let's take a short, short, short sting. Let's introduce the rules again. Voice notes, one minute or less. Let's try and get them through. I see two so far. There surely are more opinions in South African homes right now and cars and places of work, wherever they might be. After the break, straight to it, Anonymous, Matthew and KGM, one after the other. I confirm the number again, Johannesburg, 714-2006. Here, there. And everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Bloemfontein. Good evening, Anonymous. Good evening to you, Sangeza, and good evening to your guest, and welcome. Hope you had a nice weekend. Thank you, I did. Uh, okay, and um, I just want to say, you know what, I welcome the coalition. But I think we also need to have a strong um, independent opposition, a very strong independent opposition who is going to work for the people on the ground, and they must be made up from, from the civic bodies of each area. Uh, they must be taken from a civic body from each area who understands the public better. Not every person who just walks uh, and becomes a politician overnight and don't know anything about being a politician unless he gets there and then he has to learn about being a politician. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, Anonymous in KZN is always on the queue. Let's go to Cape Town, a name I've never heard before. Good evening, Matthew. Hi, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Very well, very well. First time uh, caller, are you? No, first time caller. <laughs> Welcome. Go for it. You've got 90 Thank seconds. You, um, your guest speaker said something very interesting where it would be very difficult for the two coalition parties to exist because I see there is um, conflicting ideologies that, that will compete. If you look at the economical, just briefly, if I can touch on the economical uh, ideologies, is that ANC is a um, communist-run government. They're very social. And, 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 and DA is very democratic where they will focus on the capital aspects of the economy. So it's going to be very difficult. The ANC's obsession with centralization where um, state-owned entities is and DA's obsession of selling these state-owned enterprises. So it's going to be very difficult. And the factions that exist in the ANC, people that it's against Cyril Ramaphosa will never, ever part from the ANC. So if that coalition should exist, that part, that faction with Cyril Ramaphosa has to break away from the ANC completely for those parties to exist together. I don't see them existing in reality. That is my honest opinion. But um, I think, like the previous caller said, uh, if the factions do come together and the Cyril Ramaphosa faction does break away, then we will find an independent government happening. Thank you. I'd appreciate the thoughts of other listeners on that. Thank you so much, Matthew, calling us from Cape Town. Let's go to KGM. KGM, where are you? KGM. KGM. KGM, good evening. Where are you? 
Why are you not reading that? Just answer the question, KG. I'm going that. Say it after me. Kiko Pitsi di Sulejang. Pitsi di Sulejang. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go go ahead, KG. You, you, must, you must go around. Uh, uh, when, uh, yeah, but you never take me. So, I mean, <laughs> that's rich coming from me. Songe, so good evening and good evening to your, your guest and the listeners. Welcome, Look, sir. I don't think we need uh, a political system or structure, as it were. We we haven't learned over the past almost three decades now. Um, we were not the first to claim to be democratic. You can take it from the days of, of Ghana with uh, Kanon Kurume. You can come all the way to the latest. You can even go to the neighbors, uh, Namibia, or even the last so-called democratic state in Africa, which is South Sudan. Africa as it is, democracy was never made or rather meant for, for us. It was made for us. If we are not going to put our heads together and create, develop, and establish our own system that talks to our own socioeconomic conditions, we will still be the beggars of the peoples from across the oceans and the systems that they, they bring to us. We can talk about Stenhazen and Ramaphosa. To, to, tomorrow it will be somebody else. They claim to know this system, but the truth of the matter is they inherited a system that they don't understand, and they are trying every little trick in the book to try to understand it. It keeps on embarrassing them, and they keep on justifying the embarrassment, and the, the status quo will remain for as long as we don't change this. Now, my parting shot. Five seconds. He's gone. Okay, Jim is gone. Would you believe it? Let's go to Durban. Sakile, Eddie in Edenville. After him. Sakile. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Two weeks ago, Sonia, uh, certain people, certain politicians are uh, making... Um, a statement or call it a critique to the judiciary and um, they were you know they were lambasted and they were said they are attacking the judiciary okay then fast, fast, fast forward to that uh, last week we had you know a case that was said in the Western Cape High Court Judge President Lope was adjudicating that case and well the, he he didn't um hand down the judgment that these people who are saying the other ones are taking the judiciary didn't like the judgment. And they've been attacking Judge President Lope, which is quite confusing because, you know, an attack on Judge President Lope is an attack on the judiciary. So which one is which? Are other people allowed to attack the judiciary? Are others not allowed to attack the judiciary? That's my question. And thank you for covering Palestine last week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sakila, and thanks so much for your contributions. We've got three more callers, Eddie, Colin, and Jay, and I'm going to have to beg your indulgence and say we need the response of Ms. Molefe, who is sitting idling as our independent political analyst this evening, giving us her perspectives together with yours on hashtag The Weekend Rep. Eddie, Colin, and Jay, one after the other. Hi, Sengazel. Indeed. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You know, I, I think the DA is, is just a pipe dream. DA, DA, the DA leader is just uh, trying to sow, to sow divisions there. He's just playing politics, hoping to, you know, to increase the sort of chasm between the sort of Ramaphosa faction and the other faction there. But, you know, 
in, in reality, these coalitions sometimes work you know, over in Europe and so on, and that they only work when they've got like-minded parties, as your commentator there said. If you've got two sort of very right-wing sort of parties, they can cobble together a coalition and they, they often work, or left-wing. But in our politics, as, as, as the lady said, the chasm is, 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 is too big. And, and another thing, our politics is basically immoral because you, you get these political parties, they go in with a mandate, and then they and, and 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 then they get into parliament, and then they just ditch their their, their supporters and go into coalition with a completely opposite party. Now, can you imagine voting for a, a white supporting party like the DA, and then suddenly they go to to to, to bed with the EFF, which is a really Pan African party? You know, and they don't even go back to their supporters and say, "Look, give us a mandate." Can we go to bed with this faction? They just ditch your vote. Yeah, got you. Thank you so much, Eddie Edenville. Pertinent thoughts. Colin in Cape Town, I'm looking forward to yours too. Colin. Gee, they had Stuart on for half an hour to explain what the, what the newspapers wrote. He reckons the, the heading was incorrect. Now he explained... Everybody in the ANC is not corrupt. Now, if Cyril Ramaphosa does not win the votes by a 50 majority, mm. then we are talking about maybe there will be a coalition. But, of course, Cyril Ramaphosa must get rid of the infighting and those that he's promised to get rid of. So, in other words, you take half of the ANC which are honest people and amalgamate them with EFF or whatever other party you want to. That is what he, he spent a half an hour on RSG this morning explaining to the people, but the people don't listen. They just see the headlines in the Sunday Times. But the headlines was misinterpreted. Thanks very much, Engager. Always. Thank you for your thoughts, Colin, in Cape Town. Final caller on this segment anyway. The time is 20.30. Let's go to Jay in Durban, after which we'll give you a couple of minutes, Miss Molefa, to reply. Jay? Hello. Hello. Indeed. Yes. Can you hear me? Well. Yes. Uh, like every other profession and career that one takes in life, a politician's life is just as good as that. I think right from the counselor's level, right from basic uh, level, everyone must prove that they understand, they study the constitution, the law of the country, to uh, have this kind of an experience for them to be positioned in that high level to, you know, serve the people in this country. With hardly any experience, I think the man on the road, on, on the street, or the layman, knows much more about the constitution and the law than many of the politicians who are sitting right up there. I think they are more for the money uh, to defraud and a lot of criminal activity and what has happened due to COVID-19 has really proven how low the intelligence and common sense were in this pandemic. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you so much to all the calls, including you there, James Molefa. Your response to all of these myriad of concerns raised by our listeners. 
I think we can tie everything that has been said to, one, the fact that there's a need for a strong independent opposition party to challenge the ruling party or for coalition to even exist. This is something that's very important, especially when one of the callers stated that uh, we need a party that understands the lived experiences of the citizens of South Africa and a party that is going to be accessible to the majority of the people. And I think that in status quo, we can all agree that the leading, like the opposition party or even the leading, the ruling party itself, they are failing to become very accessible to like the citizens of the country. And I do think that politics is a very complex, um, it's a very complex field. And I don't think that it's something that's very accessible to a large majority of the citizens and the inaccessibility of politics then hinders the ability of individuals to even engage with politics to begin with. So I do think that a strong independent opposition party is definitely needed in the South African context and this look, it's a party that, that like one, understands the lived experiences, not the historical context of South Africa and a party that is accessible and willing to change the state of um, the many citizens in South Africa. So there's definitely a need for that. And also just to respond to the second question about the idea of coalition, uh, Matthew did mention how um, this with different political parties like the ANC and the DA, it simply means that they use different systems of governance and, and that ultimately means that a coalition cannot necessarily exist. I think this is true. I think especially when we're trying to understand how both parties um, are function. So in terms of like the, the DA, it can be conceptualized as a very elitist political party that is only accessible to the educated members of society that is able to conceptualize those economic ideas that they have and like, the plans that they have for the economy. But I do, however, think that the ANC as the ruling party is slowly trying to be accessible and it has always been trying to be accessible to like a uh, black majority. So I do think that because of those differences and what those uh, political parties aim to achieve, um, it's going to be very difficult for a coalition to be formed. And also just looking at the kinds of people or the faces of two different parties. For example, when it comes to the DA, they normally have, like the face of the DA is usually like young people or like maybe people under the age of 35, mm. um, educated people. But then when we look at a party like the ANC, it's usually old people. So I think with those differences between the two parties, then it makes it very difficult for a coalition to be formed. But more so, it even makes it difficult for politics to be accessible when we're simply saying that we want them to form a coalition, even though they are different. And just to quickly wrap up and, and yes. talk about the last issue, about the fact that um, uh, different parties have inherited the system and, it's, and they don't necessarily understand how the political system functions. I do think that this is true. I think that because of what has happened in the past, it simply means that even with the new party coming into place, they have to inherit the system. But I don't think that much has been done in terms of those parties trying to transform and trying to conceptualize the system in a different way. Because if you conceptualize it differently, then it means that even the execution is going to be different. Even the execution is going to be far better than one, what the party was in, in, like in the past. So I do think that there's a need to change the political system, and it's something that's not going to happen overnight. It it takes a lot of time, um, but I do think that gradual change is likely going to happen in South Africa. And I'm very optimistic about the political structure of the South African context. I think that we are definitely progressing and we are definitely moving. So I'm very passionate about that change of political system. All of it remains to be seen, of course, and it's only a matter of time before we know what's what in the pot of South African politics. For your time and so much more, Ms. Atlehang Molefe, thank you so much for joining us.
No problem. That was the first segment then, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag Weekend Rap. It is now done.